Welcome to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Huckaboo. And uh, we're coming to you on WLIW 88.3 FM. You can also stream online at WLIW.org slash radio. And we have one of our own as one of our guests today, Sock. I know. This feels a little cannibalistic. Cannibalistic? I think it's more altruistic. It's a celebration of the unique magnetism of WLIW's cultural talent. I don't think that's a real word. I think you made that word up. Magnetism? No. No. But anyway, the well, person we're talking- thank you talk- for correcting me. Well, I know. Well, I just love- I don't get the opportunity because you're always right. But here we go. So we are going to have Meg Noonan of Freeform Radio, which is on every Sunday night from 9 to 11, and an old friend of hers, Stephen DeSaulnier, who has just recorded a new album after a, I believe, a kind of a long break. And uh, we're going to talk about how they know each other because they're old friends. It's like uh, the old, the old, uh, the old team. You know what I'm talking about, Sock? No, yeah, absolutely. We go um, way back, and and it's great as you get to go through your life and and uh, you know uh, keep contact up and keep a, a dialogue and a conversation going on with people that knew you before you were you, before you you knew you, before you you knew you, <laughs> like you and me, because we were friends. We were friends for. And we always tell this like story about going to the prom together, but clearly, like we didn't meet at the prom. We knew each other for years before that. Absolutely, and and, and, and then and then we <laughs> but then we fell out of touch, and then you get back in touch, and it's really nice to to have those old friends. It's it creates a kind of like a a mentality kind of where you can go back and remember some scary parts of your childhood, <laughs> or or just a, it's a safe zone to to be creative. Yeah. I guess what we're going to do is uh, really turn it over to Meg and and Stephen and have them talk a little bit about his new album, Invisible Runner, which is kind of hasn't dropped yet. We're going to talk about that, too, but also how they knew each other and how he got to this stage. I know that Stephen was in a um, a project in a group in the in the 90s, Scud Mountain Boys. Right. Um, and the Ray Mason. I, I'm, I'm always curious uh, if you're in the early mid 90s, if you have the word Scud. If that has to do with the Iraq War, um, <laughs> or maybe there is a place called Scud Mountain. Yeah, is uh, there a place called Scud Mountain? Uh, in, in our hearts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and the, the the kind of music that, that Stephen has made and, and and continues to make, which is decidedly Americana, and I say in the best possible way, uh, a tradition of of uh, a confluence of uh, different styles that come together, but uh, you get uh, really pure and emotional. Uh, American music. Uh, so I'm excited to to hear it, uh, his new music. I have heard the yeah. album, but uh, excited for everybody else to hear, hear it. And uh, well, yeah. I, I want to hear about how you guys met. Like uh, Meg, Steve, do you want you want to tell a story? <laughs> oh, Does, do we want to? Yeah, story time. Let's see. Um, well, <laughs> I know it's like I I was thinking. I was like, wow, I've known Stephen for a really long time. Um, and I think it just kind of goes back to, you know, sort of each of us describing our place in the Valley music, you know, scene of the nineties and Steven obviously as a musician. And, uh, even though I, I know nothing of playing an instrument, my last, um, foray into that was, um, was a recorder when I was a young child and that uh, did not really. Don't pull out the recorder. Meg. I'm not going to do it. You know what? The last time I saw that thing, I was smacking it against the bedpost because it just did not sound good. So, um, 
But anyway, I, I digress. I digress. And, uh, you know, it doesn't mean that I don't love music and appreciate music. And I worked actually at this place called Dynamite Records, was which was this pretty like old school um, vinyl records everywhere. And I worked with a bo- bunch of like, quote unquote, old guys who were basically <laughs> like 15 years younger than I am now. So um so we kind of got to know, we supported a lot of local music. And then there were lots of... When you say Valley, a lot of people think you mean the California Valley. You're not talking about that. You're talking about... Yeah, I'm not talking about like the Valley. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about no. the, the Pioneer Valley, which is in Western Mass right across the Sound. So that's kind of, um, it's not where I'm from, but it's where um, I went to school. And then I ended up in Northampton for a long time. And then I met a lot of local musicians just through like all the local venues that were playing and Steven and Scud Mountain Boys were, you know, one of those bands and they happened to be like a really, really good band that I would go and listen to frequently. So um, along with Ray Mason band, which, you know, Steven, I want to hear you, you know, talk about your you know place in the music scene. I'm not going to speak for you because you can obviously do it a lot better than I can. But that's how I that's how we met, basically. Well, we're, we're going to get to that. But now, I guess, I mean, just like Alec and I were talking about, uh, you guys met again. I mean, how did you kind of, I guess, re get reintroduced? Because it's been a bit of time since then. Yeah, it's been. Well, yeah, we uh, I think we met like almost 40 years ago. The, the story I remember about meeting meeting Meg is like I knew who Meg was because it's a small but, but you know, the the Pioneer Valley music scene back then, and still is uh, small, very vibrant, very supportive. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows everybody, and and Meg was at the shows, and uh, she was super cute, and she worked at a record store. So I was like, <laughs> I gotta meet this girl. Oh, I know. And uh, I went in, and I had a legit reason because I, w- I needed a new copy of Jesus Christ Superstar, <laughs> the studio album, not the Broadway <laughs> cast or the London <laughs> cast, because a guy needs that. Alex said, who, the hell, who in the hell do you think you are? And right, you know, exactly. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, so this, this shows you how, you know, my, uh, my, um, my wooing skills are not, are not up to snuff. But uh, anyway, we, went, we met then and we hit it off. And, and uh, you know, and then, you know, our, like you guys were talking about, your lives sort of take different directions. And, yeah. you, you know, you fall out of touch. Um, but when... Meg started her radio show. Uh, we just started listening to it. All the way over in Massachusetts, you can get Freeform Radio on WLIW? We have a, a huge antenna on my house. Oh, no, of course. it's a cute, I've, I've, uh, I just I've, figured out you're I've, streaming it. I've heard that. <laughs> you heard what? He has a huge antenna. I've heard that. Yeah, again. I have a huge antenna. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. But, uh, so, yeah, huh. so we started listening to it, and then I was I was getting ready to put out my record, and I'm like, Huh, I know I know somebody with a radio show. Why don't <laughs> why don't um why don't I get in touch and uh see if we can put something together to you know, like I'll 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 give Meg an exclusive. She can be the first person to play it. The other thing about it is that, you know, with old friends, like when I first talked to Meg, it was like we had never stopped talking. It's that kind of friendship. Oh, I love that. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Well, with all the old, you know, with the connectivity with, you know, the fabulous worldwide interwebs, you know, it's like, like, oh, I've been talking, quote unquote, to Stephen now again for, you know, the last like, you know, eight years or so. You know, I think the last time I saw you was like 15 years ago when you were playing with Han. But then I was like, oh, my gosh, when I got on the phone with you, I was like. Have I actually not like spoken to you? And it it was (laughs) so strange, you know, but I felt like I picked up right where I left off with you and 
And I'm, I'm really honored that you asked me to, you know, be the one to debut your record. I mean, it's, uh, you already know that I love it because I told you like a dozen times that. I'm going to break up this little love fest because uh, we're going to Meg, we're going to kind of give you a chance to interview Stephen because you will be uh, exclusively debuting his album on your show tonight. So uh, we're going to take a little break. And, and then we might have like a little snooze or something while you two uh, take over the show. But uh, right now you're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. And Meg Noonan and Stephen Dussonier. And you're listening to us on WLIW. And we'll be right back after this. So we're back, Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. Coming to you on this almost last day of August. And we have Meg Noonan of Freeform Radio and her old friend, Stephen Dessaulnier from Scud Mountain Boys, Ray Mason, and now Invisible Runner, right? Invisible Runner, yeah. Well, we're going to kind of pivot and let uh, Meg ask you some questions since uh, she will know the questions to ask since you're old buddies. Plus, Alex, you wanted to throw something no, out there? I just really love this meta thing of like uh, radio on the radio on the radio. So go ahead, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> well, I absolutely appreciate uh, both of you for inviting me and Stephen on the show. It's just very generous with your time. And uh, and I know you had to break up the love fest before. You know, I do want to express how much I appreciate, you know, Stephen, you like letting me do the debut, you know. And uh, now and that's going to be a full almost a full week ahead of the album's release, uh, which is going to be on Bandcamp Friday, September 4th. The name of the record and the band is Invisible Runner, for those of you just tuning in. And uh, I was interested to find out if there was a reason you chose that date specifically. Yeah, um, for people who aren't in, um, familiar with Bandcamp, it's, uh, it's an on, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a site on the web that allows musicians to sell their music and, and make really the best deal for their money. I mean, you, you, they, they give you, I don't think, I'm, I'm new to it, but I think it's like 70%. Of wow. every dollar, which is unheard of, really, and it's yeah. the best it's the best deal in the industry. Um, but also, more particularly, um, because of the pandemic, they've been doing um, first Fridays, Bandcamp Fridays, they're calling them, and uh, they basically waive the fee. So you make all the artists make a hundred percent of whatever spent. Wow! Yeah. That's awesome. So I figured, really you know, good. I like money. So <laughs> <laughs> and I and I haven't been playing a lot of shows. So I, I figured I'd debut on I debut on that, and and also as a way to um to bring other people to other artists uh, um on that platform, like my friend Brandy Edis, who just put out an amazing album on Bandcamp called uh, Bees and Bees and Bees. So go buy that too. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that's Bandcamp. Nice, nice. And, um, you know, I, I think that Alec and Bridget were both interested as well as I am. It's like, so how did you come up with the name for, you know, the project? Wait, I want to know, know if Alec knows the answer to that one. Do you know what an invisible runner is? Um, no. Being but, a sporty person? But if an invisible runner lasts for more than four hours, are you supposed to talk to a doctor? Well, I don't know. What, what, what is it? <laughs> yeah, uh, I only know because Meg told me. Like, how is that a problem? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
so I I was sitting around at the local bar with um, uh, friends of mine who are, who are all you know gentlemen and ladies of a certain age, and we were ta we were literally having that kids um, kids these days conversation, right? And then we re quickly realized we were having that conversation, <laughs> and we stopped <laughs> because we sounded so old. But we were sort of reminiscing about you know really we're the last generation of I was you know the the last generation where you it was a totally undigital world. It was completely analog, no no phones, no computers, no bank machines when we grew up. And uh we had to keep ourselves busy in the summer. And so we had, you know, we were just talking about all the different things we did. And one of them was playing a lot of wiffle ball. And the thing about wiffle ball is you can play it with ten people or two people. The rock to your right is first base, the stump to your left is third. If you hit it over that stump, it's a home run. All these different rules, tons of different rules. But one of them was because you're, it's only two people, if you got a hit, you can't take the base. So you have an invisible runner. Nice. And you always start saying like, okay, invisible runner on first and third. And, and that's how you played it. And I was like, oh, that's a great, it's kind of a cool band name. It's evocative. And it just kind of harkens back to a different, different Absolutely. time. It, it, it kicks the shit out of Tiny Dancer. Oh, you're not <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> okay, but I've never heard that term because I was always the person who was like clearly hit on the head with a big white plastic ball and out like instantly. But <laughs> was that like a Marsha, Marsha, Marsha moment for you where you got like hit in the face with the ball, Bridget? All the time. I, all the time. Oh, that man. was the story of my childhood. But anyway, so so go on. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. Talk more about that. Yeah, so that's that's it. It's an invisible runner, and um, and that, that's uh, other people call it imaginary runner. I found I found since, right. but that was it. It just kind of it just felt right. Yeah, and I feel like you know when you told me the name of the project, you know, first we started joking. It's just like it's like it's the project. Like is <laughs> it Stephen Desaulnier, Alan Parsons project? Right, right, you know, right. Like, it's just the thing that's like. You know, you've you've had this collection of songs. You've been working on a collection of songs, and that like sometimes it's just like the name's got nothing to do with it, and it just like kind of hits you out of the blue, like it just seems appropriate. And um, like so much for me of music is wrapped up in just you know in memory and story and past experience. And then when we started talking about the name of the the album, it was like right. I was like I so remember that you know like and it being like just hot, 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 and being like down on Shore Road Park and, you know, Bay Ridge. And like, and then you're making up all these like elaborate rules, like, and it just, it's, it's just interesting to me, you know, that it's like, we make up all these like rules as we go along, like in our lives. And we first start kind of like learning that like storytelling, essentially, like yeah. when we're little kids, you know, like we're just making stuff up, you know, but it has like kind of a framework. So, you know, uh, you know, that kind of ties into, you know, a little bit of, you know, the songwriting process, but I, you know, it also makes me think of like these musical epiphanies, like I had, like when I was a kid, you know, and I'm interested to hear about like, your sort of aha moments, you know, as like a young, you know, like person listening to music or a young adult or some kind of musical epiphany. So I don't know if you can like kind of, you know, shine a light on that for us. Yeah, there's a, um, a couple. Um, I guess first, my dad was really a really big music fan. My mom was too. Um, but uh, I remember them. It was 1972. I was seven years old and they 
uh, they got their first like brand new hi-fi and uh, it had an eight track player. And I would just kind of go, you know, <laughs> I would go in and I'm not even going to start boring people with what an eight track is, but you go look it up it's on the Googles. But uh, he had a very, <laughs> very varied taste in music. And uh, so I just go in there and lay on their bed. It was in their, the stereo was in their bedroom for some reason. Uh, and they, I just would go in there and I pulled out this eight track and I was like, Oh, Randy Newman sail away. What's that? Oh my God. That was one of my favorites. Yeah. It's, it's maybe, it's one of my favorite albums. And so, I mean, as a seven year old hearing that, you know, that's, that was just bedrock. It just could have sort of set me on a course and, uh huh. and I guess, you know, of, of just songwriting songwriter. Who is this guy? How does he do this? How is he thinking? How is he thinking this stuff? How did he come up? up with this? Yeah, right. Um, of course, all you know, a lot of all the eight tracks that I got to play on that. But later in life, um, I was, uh, you know, I was living in Boston. I'm from Boston, and uh, you don't have a lot of country music radio up there. I mean, if you do, if you did, <laughs> I mean, you didn't even have the mega junk country that is so big now. You didn't. Right. It was like a desert. There wasn't hardly any. Um, and so I came back one day from rehearsal in one of the band I was in, I think it was like 25 and it was late and, um, I was happy and, um, <laughs> they, uh, happy. they had a, I, I just turned the radio on. Well, I think happy was in quotes there. He was yes. happy. Yeah. 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 I'm glad you caught yeah. that. Like Will, um, Willie Nelson happy or, uh, <laughs> or Lenny Bruce happy. Okay, go ahead. I think like, like maybe Jimmy Hendrix happy. <laughs> That's a nice happy. Jerry Garcia, Jerry Garcia, happy. Gotcha. <laughs> um, and I, uh, I turned the radio on, and I didn't know this was was a thing, but um, WSM, the Grand Old Opry, that radio station broadcast this oldies country show at like two in the morning. Mm-hmm. I had no idea, so I turned yeah. the radio on, and in order, I heard um, "In the Pines" by Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass Boys. Mm-hmm. Um, I Never Will Marry by the Carter family and Lost Highway wow. by Hank Williams. Mm-hmm. And I lost my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I was I like, what know. is this? Right. I just couldn't. <sighs> I was like, what? I just wanted to run around and shake people and say, why didn't you tell me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. It's true. Like, you want to shout to everybody, right? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I just, I really, I just was like, do you know about this stuff? And they're like, oh, yeah, that's great. And I was like, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> and I can just imagine you, like, doing that, too, like, running around the streets of Boston, like, going and shaking people <laughs> by the shoulders, just being like, oh, my God, did you hear this? You know? I know, like, I did. I did. I really did. I was, like, I was, I was annoyingly <laughs> proselytizing about old-timey <laughs> country music. Then you find, like, souls. Yeah, I was going to say, Hank Williams, to me, and this is a correlation probably only I make. I'm like, he, he was a punk. He was like, he like, and I mean that in his compliment, like he, he was in his own twang, waving his fists at all the authorities uh, that were patrolling him. Oh yeah. He, I mean, he got fired from the Grand Old Opry. Yeah. You know, yeah. they were like, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're too, you're too out there. So in those people were pretty out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's you described something, you know, when you were describing that, uh, you know, aha epiphany moment, it's like, and, you know, I think so many people can relate to that. It's just like that, you know, one that like magic of radio, 
you know, where it's just yeah. these things being broadcast. And when I, you know, am like, I, I read a lot of material on, you know, other artists and, you know, musicians and like what it was for them that kind of, you know, brought them to where they are. And it's, oh, it like, it almost is always like, I was lying in bed listening to the radio, you know, or something like that. And yeah, I heard yeah, yeah. sound I had never heard before. And just like, I think that that feeling of like, what, you know, what is this? And I, I kind of remember, you know, it's like I have fond memories of radio. It's like we used to like kind of take a drive on the Belt Parkway in Brooklyn, like my parents and I, and they would like shove me in the back of the MG with like no seatbelt in the top down, like <laughs> ridiculous, you know, it's like never, yeah. they'd be like thrown in jail today. Um, but we would listen to Frank Sinatra. It was like, sun, you know, Saturdays with Sinatra, you know, it was like this lovely memory, you know, and that was like as a kid. But then like, I remember just like these moments where I, I, and one in particular where I was standing in the kitchen um, and my mom always had the radio on and Joni Mitchell's, you know, at the time it was Help Me was big on the radio from Court and oh, Spark. Love that and record. it was like, I just stopped, you know, and I was young at the time. I mean, it came out in 74, but it was still on the air, like around 76. So I was probably like seven years old, you know, around the same age you were when you heard Randy Newman. And, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and I just was like, this is it. Like this, this woman knows what she is doing. And it's like, not until later that, you know, you, if you're interested in music as I was, and you know, it's like, well, why does it sound so good? It's like, Oh, like, Oh, she uses an open tuning. Like that's that full richness. So you started to try to like understand what made it so special. It wasn't just like most people just be like, Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. But you're like, how you wanted to like deconstruct it in a way. A little bit of deconstruction or just like I knew I wanted to hear more. It was like whatever this woman was doing was like phenomenal. Like, I mean, and I didn't, you know, I probably didn't go around using the word phenomenal at seven. Wow. Like, wow. People are doing like really amazing stuff. Like there's amazing sounds coming out of that box, you know, and some of them just have this, like this, this, you know, this, thing this like that just like hits directly to my to my heart and brain it's like the feeling we're describing it's sort of like a magic spell i mean you know it's like somebody like something's cast upon you and and it just you're like everything's different after it you know like you're changed we're gonna take a break and when we come back i know meg that you want to um Play play one of these songs that we're hearing so much about from this new fabulous album. So yeah, no, we're we're excited for that, and uh, we're just going to take a short break here. You're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and Alex Sackerman, and we'll be back right after this. In America, you get food to eat. Won't have to run through the jungle and scuff up your feet. Okay, so we're back. Sunday's on the East End. Bridget Leroy. And I am Alex Sokolow. On WLIW 88.3 FM in Southampton, Long Island's only NPR station. You can also listen online at WLIW.org slash radio. And we're talking with Freeform Radio's Meg Noonan. Freeform Radio is on every Sunday night from 9 to 11. And tonight, Meg has the honor of debuting this new album by Stephen Desaulniers with his new uh, his new band, his new album, Invisible Runner. And uh, 
Word on the street is it's a good one. It's a winner. Um, (laughs) I know. And and I forgive me if I slip into like just a Massachusetts accent, you know, like it's, it's funny. Like I, you know, I work for the radio station out here, but you know, I lived in Massachusetts for a really long time, which is, you know, for those of you just joining us is how I know Steven. And uh, I'm excited to say that, you know, like, I love, I mean, I love this album. It's not usual that um, I, you know, come across an album where I'm listening to the entire thing and not wanting to like skip over anything and where I'm instantly hooked. And that like, if you asked me to choose three of my favorites, it would be really hard to choose just three. So I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, doing the premiere tonight on Freeform Radio at nine. But I also wanted to, you know, give the, our audience, you know, our listener today, you know, listeners today, sorry, a sneak peek at uh, one of the songs. So I was wondering, Stephen, if you could pick a song from the album and maybe tell a story about it before we play that for everyone. Sure. Yeah. Um, I guess um, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd pick Circle Tree. It's one of my favorites. It's the first track on the album and it's sort of, uh, yeah, I, um, I, I, really, I like the way that came out. It was one of the first songs we recorded. Um, and it just sort of t- set the tone for the rest of it, even though a lot of the songs are not are different sounding. But um, I usually remember where I was when I wrote a song, but I, I couldn't figure, I couldn't remember this one. But it was, it's an older song. Um, and I had just moved out into my first apartment, maybe a little after that, a few years after. And uh, you, you just sort of, and I, it was about, around that time I was taking that deep dive into country music for the first time, old-timey country music. And um, death is a big theme <laughs> in country music. I mean, you know, uh, and, and, it's, and there's like a subgenre of that, death, um, which is your mom. They're talking, like, you're talking about your dead parents. And nothing like a good murder ballad now and then, too. Yes. I have a good murder ballad on the last Good Mountain Boy song, but um, album. But uh, this one, uh, so I was like, you know, you're either the, in in the in the songs, you're wondering, you're either you're saying like, oh, I can't wait to die so I can be back with mom and dad, <laughs> which is odd <laughs> because life is so terrible. <laughs> I just want to die, and uh, you know, I miss mom. Or they're like, you know, Sorry. you know, what what would I do? What will I what will I do? when she leaves. So mm-hmm. I was trying to do a kind of a modern take on that, mm-hmm. I guess. I wasn't mm-hmm. thinking I'm going to do a modern take on it. I just did, I guess. I just sort of, I was thinking, in, you know, it's not autobiographical, but um, I love my mom and I wonder how that's going to be. Or, or, will, or will I go first? Yeah. Um, you know, and yep. what, what, what would she think? I said there's never the Norman Bates version of that song. I am <laughs> Oh my God, right, exactly. I'm sure it exists. I'm sure. You ruined the end for everyone. Jeez, <laughs> way to be a spoiler. Anyway, go ahead. I know. So anyway, yeah, that was um, that's what sort of Circle Tree is about. Just like, what's that going to be like? Like, it's one of my favorite cuts on the album. I think it's I think it's really strong. And um, you know, we shared with me the lyrics the other day, and uh, you know, I mean, I've been listening to it. I mean, it's, the whole record's pretty much been on your constant rotation, you know, in my house since you sent a copy. And, uh, you know, just having lost my, you know, my own mom like a number of years ago, it's just, you know, it 
it is an experience that really does change you. But, um, you know, when I was looking at the lyrics as well, you know, just that, like, am I going to go before you, you know, and I think about that, like with my, you know, with my dad, it's like, you know, we always assume like, oh, you know, we outlive our parents, but sometimes that's not the case. And uh, uh, you said it's like a modern take. And I mean, it's a, it's really like, I mean, it's a rock and tune, you know, so, right. you know, when I, when I hear it, I'm not thinking like, oh, my dead mother, <laughs> you know, like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's not like, you know, I don't pick up like the Kleenex box and want to start like weeping, you know, so I, I feel like it's a very, um, I don't know the word for it, but it's, I don't want to say like, you know, it's not like positive spin, but it's just this very, um, uh, I, I have a very like human connection to it. It feels very like complex that like a full range of emotions where it's just like, you can be like scared or anxious, but just like that there's this beautiful song that kind of like lays this like backdrop to something that, that happens really to all of us. Yeah. Well, can we go ahead and uh, can we play the song Circle Tree, in which case we'll be really premiering. We'll be kind of taking the exclusive away. Egg. Are you going to be okay with that? I know. I just wanted to, I'm going to be okay with that. It was my, like, you know, it was my suggestion. I was like, why, why can we just like, we need to play one song <laughs> because I really want to, I feel so like, you know, I feel so good about this record and, you know, Steven's worked incredibly hard on it. And I feel like, you know, our listeners, yeah, would maybe like to, to hear that ahead of schedule. And I can, I can share, I can share that for sure. <laughs> so we're going to hear Circle Tree from Invisible Runner. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we're back. Sunday's on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Fuckadoe. And we just heard Circle Tree from Invisible Runner. And we have as, as our guests, Meg Noonan from Freeform Radio, who's going to be premiering more of the same from Stephen DeSaulnier and Invisible Runner on her show, Freeform Radio, tonight at 9 p.m. What kind of... Um, since it hasn't been released yet, but I guess what kind of upfront, you know, accolades or support have you gotten on this album? Um, people seem to really like it, which is strange to hear, you know, like when you're making something like this, I've seen other people do it. You, you, you know, you like it. It's this weird disconnect. It's you're too close to it. It's too subjective. It's like a kid, you know, and you're putting them on the bus for the first time going to school. You're like, <laughs> you're like, I hope nobody beats that kid up. And you pin a little like construction paper, like Apple to their lapel with their name on it and just like cross your fingers and hope for the best. You're just worried. You know, you're like, you're like I hope people like it. Mm-hmm. I just hope people like it because I like it, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, and, but so far, yeah, I mean, I've gotten some really, 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 really good positive feedback on it. It's definitely strokes your ego, but um, it's just good to know that like, oh, okay, I'm not crazy. Like, so other people like this too. Not crazy. Not crazy. <laughs> Alex's son has a band, so you've been through that of actually like kind of putting your kid. I mean, uh, Eli started his band when he was what, fifteen, sixteen, The Living Strange. So yeah, it was like yeah. you were kind of putting him on the bus with his music. I mean, and it is. I mean, so you know it from the parents' point of view, and and yeah, but I, I actually would look at it more like a little bit more fluently in that uh, when you are creating something. Uh, it's, it's, there's no end. And so, uh, everything is a journey. So for Steven, I think that this album is the next bus stop, if you will, to kind of (laughs) Paul Anacone from a couple weeks ago. Um, but that, uh, you know, and so we should enjoy this, but that that the bus is going on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Meg was one of the first people I really, I, I mean, I, People I know, some of my friends have heard it, and obviously I've had a lot of friends play on it. But Meg was one of the first people who was, you know, who I really kind of wanted to get their take on it. Uh, and the fact that she was so positive about it meant a lot. Oh. Thanks, Stephen. And that's always like, you know, to be able to listen to somebody's music. I mean, it's really personal. Like you're putting this like part of yourself like out there. I appreciate you having that uh, that confidence or that trust in me. And, you know, we bonded over music like you've been you're a mega fan True. and you're well informed. And, and uh, you know, you turned me on to stuff. Like, I wasn't listening to much Stax Volt back when I met you. <laughs> and uh and that is like, true. I was like, this that is, is this is amazing. You turn me on to that. Was, you know, yeah, it's great. I know, man. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's funny because uh, when we talk about, uh, you know, some of the, the older bands that you played with, you know, you, you talked about Haunt a little bit, Scud Mountain Boys, you know, you play with Ray Mason band currently, and you've brought in a lot of really good players that really like you're kind of collaborating with at the same time. So, you know, like, and I know a lot of those guys, um, and I know that they're really solid musicians. So was it challenging finding the right mix of talent for the sounds you wanted to create? Or I had a, a pretty good idea of who I wanted to be on the record. Um, uh-huh. But there were a couple of challenges. I mean, Bob Hennessy, obviously, I, I needed him on that. He's an incredible guitar player. I made the record with uh, Joel Stretzel from Kill Switch Engage, which your listeners, some of your listeners might know mm-hmm. are pretty big. Pretty big metal band, uh, Grammy nominated. 
and he played, he's multi-instrumentalist, so he and I did a lot of the stuff, but we obviously couldn't do everything. Um, and especially with, there's, uh, you know, I'm talking a lot about country music. I don't want people to get the idea that this is a country album, but uh, similar to the Scud Mountain Boys, we brought in like elements of traditional country instruments and use them in a different way. So finding a, a pedal steel player uh, in Massachusetts is, it's not impossible, but they're not thick on the ground. <laughs> and so we got a guy, Doug Beaumier. Um, we finally settled on Doug. Uh, he's uh, plays in this great band called the Lonesome Brothers out here, or used to, he doesn't do it in, as much anymore, but really great pedal steel player. And, and then uh, finding a, a a scrug style banjo player, meaning that someone who uh, plays in the scrug style and not the claw hammer style, right. but the sort of the Earl Scruggs, you know, uh, reinvention of that instrument style. It was it wasn't easy. And we got my uh, my friend Brad Hutchinson. He used to play in a band called uh, the Pine Tops. Well, it sounds phenomenal. I mean, it's you brought together a, a really, really solid group of musicians and, um, you know, and Serval Tree in particular, I love the way that it's just like the guitars just like layer on top of each other. You know, it's, it, it's really a beautiful record, Stephen. And, you know, I congratulate you on putting oh, that thanks. out. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I'm just curious, Meg, are you playing exclusively Stephen's music tonight or are you going to work it in with some other similar sounding or, or, other music it's not going to be like the steven de show why not hey hey you know no no i'm i'm i decided you know i would pick like at least like four to five cuts from the record um because it's because it's easy to do you know um there's there's so many good ones on there and that i would blend in with um some of steven's you know music that he played with um scud mountain boys ray mason bands and also work in you know as i as i often do with like like if i'm even celebrating you know somebody's birthday you know on one of the shows it's like i'll work in their influences so they'll be i'll be doing a lot of that so you know on tonight's show you'll not only be able to hear invisible runner um i'll also throw in people like you know the birds and um you know the band neil young uh jillian welsh um and the carter family which you mentioned before steven so you know just i like to you know I, I really do like to play an eclectic mix on the show but it'll be like basically steven's album and invisible runner the band the project and the album are really like the anchor and the inspiration in the show so like it'll range from like, you know, straight up country, you know, to like, I'll throw probably on like some soul, you know, and R and B as well, because that all sort of plays back and forth, you know, music's a dialogue, um, you know, genres, which is kind of like how I like to play it on free form. It's things that, you, you know, people might not normally associate like putting that together, but then in retrospect, it's like, oh, like, that makes perfect sense because it's, I don't know, in the same tuning or it's the same chord structure or, you know, that band, you know, covered that song on another album. So sometimes it's, you know, just a little bit unexpected. Like you'll find Connie Francis maybe next to like, you know, the Minutemen or something like that. You know, <laughs> right so, somehow that will, and somehow it'll work. Wow. You know? So anyway. This has been really, really fun to have this conversation and to to get a, a fresh, you know, listen to to a brand new, exclusive album uh, by by someone 
like Stephen, who's had a long and varied career. And Meg, to have you on to also kind of do a little cross-pollination on this station across the nation, as Eddie German would say, and to have people tune into Freeform Radio and listen uh, at nine o'clock when you play more from Invisible Runner. Absolutely. Cool. Thanks for having us on the show. Stephen, thanks for thanks for coming on the show. It's, this is awesome. Oh, yeah. Bridget, uh, Alec, Meg, thanks so much. This has been a, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a nice conversation. Yeah, it's been really, really fun to listen. And I, I always love hearing where people get their ideas from. And I really love hearing friends, you know, who hang out with no idea that one day they might actually... I don't, I don't want to say be of use to each other, but the, the, <laughs> the purpose, like there's a purpose somewhere in there. But yeah, like I never would have thought that like, oh yeah, like, you know, in another like 15 years, I'll be like, you know, able to help like Stephen like promote this really fantastic album he's put together. And I didn't think I'd be, uh, I didn't think I'd be sitting in my, my friend's backyard, sitting 10 feet away from every other human listening to Meg's awesome radio show. 15 years ago like how are you going to uh, support this album like how are you like you're not going to tour the album you're not going to play it like do you get to be on Bandcamp? where else uh, are you going to be able to promote it well that's a good that's what we're figuring out right now the music industry is so vastly changed um that it's it's hard to know where to begin i think i have some ideas i used to do it pretty well back in the day there's people uh, a couple of people i'm having conversations with this week uh, about how I can best do that in this in this age and specifically at this time. I mean, uh, normally you'd be going out and supporting it, um, but you can't do that. So, yeah, this is going to be just this for now. I mean, but people have sort of you know pivoted to um, online music as some of the only ways they can get it. And uh, again, the Bandcamp Friday thing is a uh, it's it's a big deal. I mean, it's a it's people are. People are buying a lot of music <laughs> on that. So everybody should get, get to Bandcamp on September 4th and buy your album. Yes, everybody should do that. That would be that would be great. That's great. And uh, so, Stephen, Meg, thank you so much. You're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. Alec, how do you want to take us out? You look like you, you've got some very deep thoughts. No, you know, just listening and, and absorbing and, and enjoying. Um, what I would say is, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, stay tuned to 88.3 for another several hours so they can actually hear more of uh, Invisible Runner's uh, cuts and hear Meg uh, later tonight. And... Uh, you know, uh, what I would say is, is uh, everybody um, enjoy your music and support your artists and listen to the radio. Do all those things this week and I promise you, you'll have a better week than not. So everybody be well and stay well. Where's the playground?